we'd like to welcome you back to part three of our emergency freedom alert for September 7th, 2020. And next report here, or next thing that I'd like to cover, and I got convicted about, this has been in my list of things to cover for months, but I really got convicted to throw this into the mix, into the PDF for today, because we were talking about binding and loosing and the whole Win Worley study. And I believe this is part of a reason why a Christian can become overwhelmed and get weakened, particularly if they're engaging in a lot of spiritual warfare. Now, Win Worley didn't get into this. Win Worley may, may not have ever even been shown this. Um, I don't know. But, and I really didn't know this that much either. Um, it makes sense, though from a scriptural standpoint i'm going to show you it's a listener question a longtime listener asked me this question and what i labeled this as is this is a listener question regarding getting enough protein and meat and praising the lord in spiritual warfare Longtime listener says hi scott i'm not sure if you're familiar with this book if you are please review the pages 184 through 187 and what she did is she showed me a screenshot of those pages I have also attached this for your review for yourself. You will find it very fitting in regards to the meat shortage that is happening right now. Now remember what I've been saying, not really what I've been saying, but what we've been just showing you. One of the aspects of what we're moving into is the New World Order getting us off of all meat, and particularly red meat, and getting us to eat this Franken-meat like the impossible burger at burger king faux meat franken gmo meat that is it's just like my patriot pantry not fit for human consumption gmo goodness or getting us to eat insects crickets and i mean there's a lot there's protein bars now that use crickets as their protein i mean i we've got into this a lot We're, we've been seeing this for a long time and then they're shutting down all the meat packing plants, like Tyson, even though they're in on this whole thing. They're doing it on, oh, we, the COVID-19 outbreak. Oh, yeah, the non-existent COVID-19 outbreak at Tyson Meat Packing Place. Shut everything down, shut off all meat production, so that eventually all you've got is the Franken-meat. Like Frankenstein. There was a book, the book that she gave me the screenshots from, were was he came to set the captives free by rebecca brown now i'm not saying i agree with everything rebecca brown teaches in that book i read that a long time ago when i was in the charismatic church i probably read i don't know if i read all of her books but i read a lot of them um i met with her personally after one of her meetings i'll, I'll get into that in a second but what the book is about and it's it's one of those books that if you read it glean but understand, Rebecca doesn't have it all figured out either. And, I, I, and I'm going to get into that in a second. But regarding a book description, for 17 years, Elaine, who is, one, who is the main person mentioned in this book, served her master, Satan, with total commitment. Then she met Dr. Rebecca Brown, who served her master, Jesus Christ, with equal commitment. Elaine was one of the top witches in the United States, who actually, I believe, was a bride of Satan. Which means that she literally had 
sexual relations with Satan. Yeah, there are those high-level witches that do exist. I've never really mentioned that before, but I've it's not the only place I've heard that. Yeah. Um going further here uh she was one of the top witches in the u.s clashed with dr brown who stood against her alone in the titanic life and death struggle that followed dr brown nearly lost her life elaine finding a power and a love greater than anything satan could give her left satan and totally committed her life to jesus christ this is an honest in-depth account of satan's activities today you'll see how to recognize and combat the many satanists who regularly infiltrate and destroy christian churches recognize and combat satanic attacks recognize those serving satan and bring them to jesus christ now you can read this for free i give you a link there or you can key in he came to set the captives free rebecca brown i give you the verbiage there in the pdf and i think you can still buy the book you can read it for free online there's probably kindle and you know stuff available okay but again here's my response Yes, I'm very familiar with the book. I read it a long time ago and actually took a group of Christians when I was in the Pentecostal church to see Rebecca Brown, probably around 1999 at West at a West Palm Beach church, if I'm recalling correctly. I'm pretty sure it was West Palm Beach. We all went out to eat afterwards at a Perkins restaurant. It was my group and Rebecca Brown. We took her out to eat, okay? Um, we had a really good visit. I... I will read these pages you sent me in an upcoming teaching. I'm getting ready to do that now. Personally, though, I feel the biggest flaw in what she was doing was not reading or quoting from the King James Bible and directly dealing with these demons and witches that she dealt with. Bill Schneblin, before he went totally nuts on the Hebrew roots thing, I mean, he's, I don't even know what he's doing now, but I mean, last time I saw him, he was just like Rabbi Bill Schneblin. I mean, it's, unbelievable bondage that's why I, I don't mess with any of that hebrew root stuff and all the these people get into whole zionistic hebrew roots keep the sabbath do this do that all this workspace stuff i've done whole teachings on all this hebrew roots sabbath versus sunday you can key any of that in the keyword search box i think it's all of the devil personally i believe i've proven it scripturally okay i think it's really easy to prove scripturally actually if you compare scripture to scripture and you look at what the new testament says Anyway, Bill Schnemelin, before he turned into a Hebrew roots rabbi, told her the same thing about using the King James. Now, he probably doesn't use the King James at all now. He probably uses some Hebraic whatever. Um, and according to Bill, he told her that, and she kind of laughed at him and basically said it did not make any difference in what Bible you used to deal with Satan or his minions. But the thing is, if you read all of her horror stories in this book, they came to set the captives free. Of almost getting killed by Satanists over and over and over by these witches and these Satanists and all the warlocks, she, they just seem to barely escape by the skin of their teeth every single time in the book. I mean, if you read that book as a, as a baby Christian, you'd be like, Man, I don't ever want to engage in any kind of spiritual warfare if this is what it's going to mean. I'm going to be I'm going to be like attacked by satanists and high-level luciferians and I'm barely going to escape with escape with my life on a daily basis. That is how the book plays out is what I'm telling you. 
So that's my biggest caveat if you read the book. It's proof that it does matter what Bible version you're quoting back to the devil. <laughs> okay, the book totally proves my point on that. Okay, Bill Schneblin tried to explain it to her. She laughed it off. But again, what is that? That's pride. You know, instead of, you know, maybe humbling herself and like kind of like looking at what Bill was trying to tell her, according to Bill, she kind of laughed it off, chuckled about it and said, it doesn't matter. Okay. Well, it does matter. It matters a whole lot. Um, then I go on to say, I've dealt with a ton of stuff myself on a witchcraft, Luciferian, you name it, black eyed witches trying to kill me, you name it, key in my supernatural in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I'll tell you some of my stories there. Anyway, I've dealt with a lot of stuff myself and that has not been my experience. What Elaine, um, what Rebecca Brown's experience has been in Elaine's. Not been mine. Doesn't mean I'm better, but again, we're destroyed for lack of knowledge. We're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. I believe one of Satan's devices is all these false Bible versions. NIV, 64,098 less words, almost 10% of the total text. Totally changed. Corrupted from two corrupt Catholic manuscripts called the Sinaiticus and the Vaticanus which spawned into the revised version of 1881 that two high-level occultists named Westcott and Hort bring, and then that's where the NIV came from. The Bible says that the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Well, the foundation was corrupted from the beginning. And then you had um, one of the translators on the NIV committee was a lady named Virginia Mullencott, who is a rabid New Age lesbian. I'm sure we're going to get a good Bible version from that. But according to Rebecca Brown and a lot of other people, it doesn't make a difference. Okay. The Bible says forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Does God have 150 versions of the Bible up in heaven? No, there's just one. And you want to make sure your, your version, your reading is as close to what's up in heaven as you can possibly get. And I believe in this, unless God shows me difference right now, it's the King James. And it's always worked for me. Um... I, I, I say I've always dealt with a ton of stuff myself, meaning a ton of witchcraft. And that's not been my experience, what they experienced. Thank God. As I have always used the KJV to engage the forces of evil, and I have not had anywhere near the problems she continually had. I mean, that's what, trust me, if you read the book, that's what will strike you the most, probably. Oh, I mean, just all the horrific, horrific stuff. I mean, it was daily. Barely, barely escaping with their lives over and over again. But there are things in the book that you can glean from. And I'm going to read you most of those pages that she sent me that pertain to the subject I want to bring up here. I'm going to read you pages 184, 185, 186, and 187. Most of those pages. Um... And I'm reading from the screenshot she sent me because I don't have the book anymore. Okay, so this is, again, this is page 184. Rebecca Brown, they came to set the captives free. Very important, this information, though. 
what I'm about getting ready to tell you. Normally, the human spirit resides within the physical body. However, many scriptures show that the human physical body can still live when the spirit is separated from it. This is not true of the soul. Once the soul leaves the physical body, the body dies. That is why many scriptures refer to physical death. They also refer to the soul. However, there is not a particular drain on the physical body. However, there is a pe pe peculiar drain on the physical body when the spirit is not actually within it. Now, I think that gets a lot into the whole concept of astral projection that witches do. Because when witches astral project, like they've tried to project here and kill me on, I don't probably... I don't know. I don't know how many occasions. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've given you that testimony. Those ones that did over in Germany, they tried, They came over here. One of them died. Yeah. And I had another, the other witch who's now a born-again Christian because she saw it happen and now she's a, she uh, listens to this ministry. She was there to monitor the bodies while they were out projecting. I think it was four witches from Germany. High level high high level she said the main witch they were just getting over the they were just getting over a hill and they could just see my house <laughs> they said they started spitting in their spiritual bodies and that the main one the main witch her physical body they were i, I i'm assuming they were laying prone and it was in a very old church because remember, that's what they'll do. They infiltrate these old churches or these churches. And she said that she started smashing her head against, I, I don't know if it was the ground or granite block or something. And then her hair turned white right in front of her. This is when they were trying to kill me. She didn't tell me this until like two years later. She finally emailed me about this. I can't really say a whole lot more than that. Because she was like really not wanting me to say a lot. And I'm not giving really much away there, but she saw it. And um, that's astral projection. And she killed herself. Nobody killed her. She was the one smashing her head against the thing. And they were coming here to kill me. That was their, that was their goal. They never got here. Saw my house, but they couldn't get in. And the one lady died. And the others were incredibly shaken up, I believe. But see, that's the, that's the type of protection we can have as Christians. You know, and I never knew any of this was even happening. You know? But, um, okay, so let's go further. Through the years I've been involved in this ministry, the Lord has shown me that the drain on the physical bodies is a peculiar one. One that creates an acute loss of protein. Now, I believe also, too, this would be if you're really engaged in a lot of spiritual warfare. If, if you're just like a lukewarm Christian and you're just kind of going through the motions and let's even say you're saved, but you're not really engaged in spiritual warfare, I, you're probably not going to have this drain on your system. Um, or near to, the, near, near to the extent. If we are not careful to increase our intake of high-quality protein, during times of intensive spiritual battle, we will become weak. The scriptures have much to say on the subject. Ever since God's covenant with Noah, in which he commanded Noah to eat meat, Satan and his demons have been trying to stop humans from eating meat, which is the whole New Age vegan vegetarian thing. 
It is interesting to note that today's Hindus and many other Eastern religions, all of which are forms of demon worship, believe, and she's got all kind of Bible verses written in the margins here too, if, if, if you want to print these pages out. Uh, they believe that the success of, and I left these pages large enough in the PDF that you should be able to print them out and read them no problem. Okay. So they believe either the success of a medium or a witch or an adept whose power comes from the demons possessing them depends upon the present in which their bodies is a subtle fluid called akasa, which is soon exhausted and without which the demons are unable to act. This fluid, the Hindus say, may be regenerated only by a vegetarian diet and chastity. It was really weird too because that lady that I told you about yesterday that did that video online, she was saying that your ability to see demons if you do this little mantra that she was saying are these reptilian shapeshifters or whatever they are, non-human entities. There's all kind of things out there she was saying. Taylor's seen some of them. Taylor's very, very um, sensitive along those lines. It's not, you know, not because she's doing anything wrong, just I believe she's got a gift in that area. And um, when people are actually trying, though, from a new age standpoint, it's typically because they've got their third eye opened, okay? Which is not good. You don't want to be going around just able to whatever, especially if you're a new ager. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? You're going to rebuke it in, in the name of Shiva? Or Buddha? Or Lucifer? I don't know. What are you going to do? You can't really engage in warfare with them. I mean, if, man, if I, all I'm saying is if I saw them, all I want to do is go to war. Let's do it. Like right now. Wherever we're at, let's throw down. Let's do this. Let's see whose who's master is stronger. Because I know I'm going to win. Not because I'm big and bad, but because... You know, the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, um, they're saying that this a lot of this hinges upon this vegetarian diet and chastity, which is what this one lady was saying in this video. So, that's all the more reason not to go the vegetarian. Now, I've done a study on vegetarianism, just so you know. Key in, vegetarian or vegetarianism it was on that george malcolmus guy that guy that said he's a christian and he had the whole new the, he had one of these things that was out there about bringing this in and he's totally unbiblical and i prove that I, I show him the bible verses or i show my listeners the bible verses vegetarianism is so easy to rebuke you have to totally isolate certain old testament things in genesis and just stay there in genesis in order to in order to call vegetarianism biblical it's not not in today's day and age and i get into the reasons why in that study i did on vegetarianism so you can do a keyword search for that if you like anyway if we stop the thick for a moment we will see the final straw so to speak which brought god's judgment in the flood was the intercourse occurring between humans and and well it was fallen angels genesis chapter 6 I do not believe it was an accident that God commanded Noah to start eating meat after the flood, knowing full well the spiritual battle Noah and all of his offspring would have to go through to keep the demons from controlling them in their lives. Well, okay. Yeah, okay. Because when the flood happened, the disembodied spirits from the Nephilim, from these giants, 
became demons and they walked the earth. That's what the book of Enoch talks about. Now, I'm not saying Enoch is scripture, but I do believe that what the, the account that they gave there is very, 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 it's like an expansion on Genesis 6 is what we're looking at there. So, yeah, we did have more to contend with after the flood on a spiritual level because prior to the flood, I don't believe we had these Nephilim that were walking the earth and then they were disembodied. And then those that's where we get the word, the demons came out of the Nephilim. There's the, there were the spirits of the Nephilim. But the flood happened and killed them all. Well, those spirits then walked the earth. And I've given those verses in Enoch before where, where it talks about that. Um, you know, you can believe what you want, but I mean, I just feel like from a scriptural standpoint, that makes the most sense of where actually demons came from. Because demons are not the same as fallen angels. It's different. Um, and I have, again, Key and Enoch, if you want to know more about that, because I've done whole studies on that book and we talk about that. Okay, so then she goes on further. As we study the Old Testament and the laws of God gave to his people, the children of Israel, we will find that spiritual warriors of those days were the Levites of Israel. Their diets were clearly high in beef and lamb. Ooh, interesting. If beef is so harmful, then why did Abraham prepare beef for God himself to eat when he came to visit him? Oh my. Abraham would obviously prepare the best that he had. See Genesis 18, 1 through 7. Ooh, nice. If we look at various spiritual warriors of renown in the Old Testament, we will find that every time before they engaged in a great battle, God prepared them with the eating of meat. For instance, Elijah... Please note the menu provided for him personally by the Lord during his period of preparation just before he faced all the prophets of Baal. Um, and that's, uh, let's see, First uh, Kings 17, 2 through 6. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence. It's so funny because she had no respect or regard for the King James Bible, but from what I'm seeing here, every, every instance where she quoted scripture, it was King James. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. Anyway. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Get thee hence, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the book Cherith, that is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So he went and did according unto the work of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh, or meat, in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening, and he drank of the brook. 1 Kings 17, 2 through 6. The Lord's, and that was right before he engaged the prophets of Baal. And I can't imagine a bigger spiritual battle than that that's ever took place in the Bible. I mean, I don't know. There were like tons of prophets of Baal. He was by himself. He called, literally fire came down from heaven and consumed the offering. I mean, <laughs> there were so many supernatural things going on. And it was all of a spiritual warfare nature. Okay, I mean, it doesn't get, you read that whole account, it's, it's one of the most crazy things you'll ever read in the Bible. And I don't mean crazy like I don't believe, I'm like, awesome crazy, you know. And then, it goes on to say, the Lord speaks very directly through Paul to this point in the New Testament. Uh, you've heard me quote this verse quite a bit, 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. Now the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, speaketh expressly, that in the latter times, which is where we're at now, some shall depart from the faith. Oh, you seeing that at all? Yeah. Giving heed to seducing spirits. You're seeing quite a bit of that. And doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, 
forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats. Now, in this context, you could say, yeah, well, meats means food. It can mean that. But let's look at the Let's look at the total clarification of this Bible verse because it defines what that is in the next couple sentences, okay? Forbidding to marry, like what they, like I guess like the Catholic priests do in their priesthood, which is, you know, unbiblical. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, meaning like a preacher would tell you to abstain from meats or somebody like that, some of a spiritual authority which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. So it doesn't sound like the Bible's against meat eating, okay? For every creature, so now we know we're not just talking about food. We're not just talking about bread or apples or something like that. It says every creature of God is good. So when they say commanding to abstain from meats, they're talking about meat. And it's defined there, for every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving for this, for it is sanctified by the word of God in prayer. So you sanctify, which means holy and set apart your food through prayer. You should be praying over your meals. In other words, if you want them blessed and sanctified. Now, she goes on to say, I've searched the medical literature carefully. And despite all the publicity, there are simply no good studies that conclusively show that red meat is harmful. Now, here's the thing, though. If you're eating, like, GMO, corn-fed red meat, okay, that's different than what the Bible was describing here. They didn't have GMO back then. They didn't have genetically modified frankenmeat, okay? Then, and... You know, they feed the corn, GMO, they feed the cows, GMO corn. Cows aren't meant to be fed on corn. They're meant to be grass fed. That's what they like eating. You ever hear the term corn fed? Well, that, you know, like you're big and, you know, big, big fat, fattened up type of thing. Well, they give them GMO corn because it fattens them up real quick and they can bring them to market quicker. But there you are what you eat, right? So if you're eating a cow made of GMO corn, or that was fattened on GMO corn, and that can't be that great. Not only that, they give the cows antibiotics in the feed because, of, because you know, the cows, I mean, there's so many things bad they're doing to the cows. They, they take them away from their, their mommies at, at an early age. They don't even let them um, breastfeed, <laughs> udder feed from the colostrum, which is produced like in the first 48 to 72 hours from the, from the mama cow, that's the same for humans, to the, um to the calf so they take them away from their mom in like the moment they're born listen i grew up on a dairy farm secondly second largest privately owned dairy farm in the state of ohio i grew up there okay i know i mean i know they did this because they would separate them last time i was there they had all these little these little igloos that they had all the little calves and they're all separated from their moms you know, it's about the bottom line type of deal. And trust me, they weren't doing things on this farm that I think a lot of other factory farms were doing. They weren't, they weren't near as bad as they could have been. But, um, so they don't, they, they, they don't get the proper milk. They, they are, aren't, they're fed, you know, the GMO corn They're They put antibiotics in the feed, which weakens their immune system. And then the antibiotics get in the meat and then the GMOs get in the meat, obviously from the corn. 
Um, it's just a mess. It's a mess. But the way a cow's actually meant to grow up is, you know, the mom, you know, allows the calf to nurse and then the calf will eventually get on grass if they're grazing, which is the way to do it, and then they're grass-fed. That's the way you get high-quality meat. Okay. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to necessarily go down that rabbit hole, rabbit trail, but it, it is important what I just said. Um, so... I'm going to read this last line again. I have searched the medical literature carefully, and despite all the publicity, there are simply no good studies that conclusively show that red meat is harmful. Please note that I am referring to lean red meat, not the fat which the Lord told the Israelites not to eat when he gave them the law. I agree. In fact, much work has been done showing the merits of protein supplements to a very wide range of illnesses. Well, what is protein? Well, protein is made of 24 amino acids. Okay, there's like, there's like 12 essential, 12 non-essential, whatever. And that's what protein is. And those different amino acids are used for different functions in the body. And it's super, super important stuff. Okay. Um, in fact, much work has been done showing the merits of protein supplements in a very wide range of illnesses. But Satan has such control of the medical field that it is extremely difficult to get the average physician to pay attention to the merits and necessity of protein. If you will stop to evaluate, you will find that the bottom line in any health food teaching or fad many times is the abstinence of meat. This is no accident. It is carefully masterminded by Satan because he knows very well the protein needs of our bodies and the tremendous protein drain caused by involvement in spiritual warfare. If Satan can keep God's warriors from eating meat, he can cause much weakness and illness among them from lack of protein. The physical body rapidly loses its ability to fight infections when deprived of protein. Many people die unnecessarily in these days of modern medicine because their doctors don't supplement their protein intake. Or, and you know, they, they're like, oh, we can get all the protein we need from a vegetarian diet. No, no, you're not going to get a lot of the amino acids. You're going to get what they call incomplete protein. You're not going to get your essential amino acids. Your body can't make them. And you're going to get incomplete proteins from things like, if you're trying to get them from like, oh, God forbid, soy, which you shouldn't be ever putting in your body anyway, unless it's like a little bit of fermented soy um, from time to time. And I don't even advise that a lot. Uh, and you don't want it to be GMO ever. Uh, or different ways they try to get pro like pea protein and stuff like that. It's, it's incomplete. It's not the same as meat. Okay. Um, during times of intense battling. Now, remember, they, they, these two ladies, Elaine and Dr. Rebecca Brown, they were like, you know, every day was like, they were barely escaping it by the skin of their teeth. I mean, you know, battles of like Satan coming out up from under the ground and, and, and trying to get into their apartment. I mean, you just got to read this book. It is like the most crazy thing you've ever read. Okay, so I'm just warning you if you read it. Um, so I can understand in their position, they really needed a lot of meat. Okay, <laughs> during times of intense battling, we often find it necessary to eat meat at least twice a day. If we do not, we and I really believe there are more in reference to red meat here because red meat's a whole other animal, no pun intended. <laughs> anyway, um, 
red meat is a whole other kind of thing because you're getting more of the complete proteins you're getting other things like iron and other trace minerals you're not so much getting from like chicken now i'm not saying that you know it's only red meat all the time i'm just saying i would i would primarily lean toward red meat particularly if you were doing a lot of spiritual warfare okay um now understand that your window to get red meat may be rapidly closing because of the stuff that i just told you and all the stuff they're saying could happen in the next few months so i'm just saying you might want to think about that you can get long-term storable red meat it's expensive i've found you can even go up though on ebay and stuff like that and get like some of the meat patties the free dry freeze-dried ones and things of this nature there's some people that you know sell like the canned red meat and stuff like that i'm just saying that i really believe that that's going to be part of weakening humanity in general a very gigantic part of creating a weak sick population is going to be satan trying to get us into a vegetarian diet where if we're getting any protein it's just going to be from like gmo vegetables and maybe some insects like crickets and roaches or whatever they're going to try to get us to eat okay and i'm i'm not down for that personally i don't know about you guys but i'm 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 not really down for eating roaches and crickets and all that other stuff um <clears throat> so think about that and you know i'm just saying so might, might be something you want to think about because again i think the window on that's closing i really do uh if we do not eat uh when they're intensely battling if they do not eat meat twice a day if we do not we rapidly lose strength and often become physically ill i wonder myself how many times maybe i became ill in times past because i wasn't eating enough particularly red meat or at least meat i have worked with many people who went under intensive spiritual attacks by witchcraft um became excessively weakened and even oh now here's another thing for a woman if a woman says it doesn't matter what you say i can't eat red meat or even meat that much in general i don't have any taste for it i can't digest it because i've heard that before well what that almost always tells me is that you have low hydrochloric acid production in the stomach hydrochloric acid is what you have to have in abundance in order to digest meat and particularly red meat which is the hardest thing to digest so if you don't have enough hydrochloric acid then you're not going to digest meat and particularly red meat well and a lot of times what happens is your body just says i don't even want it i don't have any desire for it but it's kind of funny as soon as you give them some hydrochloric acid with the, with like the red meat at the start of a meal then they can tolerate it now the one i use now is called hydrazyme from biotics that's the one i sell okay and i'm not doing this so i can sell nutrients i'm just telling you, it's the one i use i do have it available and um i take i usually take one or two with every meal and i don't have a problem in that area i just like to I kind of like to have that little extra digestion and take a little more burden off my body as opposed to having it to produce its own enzymes or its own hydrochloric acid. I like to do that. Now, sometimes if they say, well, I can't tolerate anything fatty, that's gallbladder liver, okay? And that's a whole other animal. That's usually you need to do a gallbladder flush 
well, then you could say, well, I don't have a gallbladder. Well, then you need to take bile salts the rest of your life. Because what they didn't tell you when they removed your gallbladder is that you'll never produce bile properly ever again. Because before you had a reservoir called the gallbladder that secreted bile on command whenever you ate a fatty meal, what does bile do? It helps emulsify the fat to help it digest. Well, if you don't have a gallbladder, you, tr you have to try to produce it on command and you can never do that properly ever again for the rest of your life. So you should be taking bile salts the rest of your life. And I've got a couple that I carry. One's called Biolex and another called iCall Plus. I like iCall Plus a little bit more. It's a little more complete. But it just depends. Some people like one or the other better. you know. And that's typically, I only give that if somebody is um, um, had their gallbladder removed or has really serious issues. And usually I just do use that to get them out of the woods until we can really, really get their gallbladder and their liver cleansed. And if it's really bad, I'd probably recommend a two-month flush. Two months. You start off with choline, the B vitamin choline, first, and then you go into the liver detox. And I, it's like a three-part deal I use. Three-part, three supplements. I'm not going to go any further in that. If you're interested, just email me and I'll send you the protocol for it. Um, and I, again, I don't ever pressure anybody to buy anything. You know, I'm, just, I'm, I'm never going to do that in this ministry. It's just not ever going to happen. Um, but you know, Hey, if you want to, if you do buy from us, we, you're supporting the ministry and, and praise the Lord. So, uh, okay. So going further here, when they didn't do this, when they weren't, when they were under intensive attacks by witchcraft and they became excessively weakened and even ill simply because they did not know about God's simple principle regarding the needed, the needed protein intake. All of them were much improved when they increased the amount of meats in their diet. Oh, that's, that's pretty, I'll tell you what, what I just, what she just said there, that's something we need to remember the rest of our lives. That's important, what we just said. Uh, then she goes on to say, when you're experiencing pain, depression, exhaustion from being on the battlefield or any, any other time, don't forget also one of our, our key weapons is praise. I will never forget the night and the father taught me that lesson meaning father god i just had gone to bed and was tossing and turning unable to sleep i was deeply depressed i was exhausted in much pain and everything so seemed so impossible actually what i was doing was having a big pity party for myself suddenly and i'm not judging her <laughs> suddenly the father showed me to see through the eyes of my spiritual body and i saw that i was on the battlefield and that i could see my spirit body but i was not fighting I was down on the ground surrounded by many demons who were all jeering and throwing stones at me. And I did not care. I was so tired that I hoped those demons would kill me. Kill me. I did not want to live, meaning she just wanted to give up. Uh, there was nowhere to run, no way out of the situation except to stand up and fight. But at that point, I was too tired and depressed to do so. I do not know how much Elaine knew of what was happening. Now, Elaine is the, is the girl, the lady that dr brown brought out of the occult the, the high level bride of satan witch that got saved okay and it's really funny too because you've heard me talk about okeechobee florida before that's where they ended up from the last at least at the end of this book i'm pretty sure that's where they were or, or i i found out later they were they ended up in okeechobee which is kind of crazy anyway um I do not know how much Elaine knew of what was happening, but I knew I do know that it was in response to a command from the father that she came into the bedroom at that point 
and put on one of our tapes of Christian music. I was in no mood to listen to music, especially not the tape of praise hymns that she chose. Elaine did not say anything to me. She simply sat and listened to the music gently and persistently. The Holy Spirit showed me how wrong my indulgence in self-pity was. And then the, the next page goes, and I can't read you anymore. <laughs> I probably would keep reading it, because that's some good stuff, man. Um, okay. So now we're going to totally switch gears again, and I'm actually going to get into the study for today, the actual more current events. Now, this is something I've been really meaning to do a study on for a good solid, probably over a year. Because what the title of this is, is Jared Kushner makes shock announcement that Israel has agreed to the creation of a Palestinian state by the process of the division of the land. Because when I first got in all the stuff on Jared Kushner, a lot of people were saying, well, yeah, you need to do a study on the, on the Palestinian peace process and on the whole, is he the one that's going to confirm the covenant for a week? Meaning to see the Antichrist. Now, I'm not saying he is. I'm saying he's a candidate. Um, this is as close to anything as I've seen in the last year where we have something definitive that I can actually really, really sink my teeth into and actually report on. Because up until now, I really didn't have, there was, there was a lot of speculation, but I really didn't have the goods to bring to you. Well, anyway, let's continue. Jared Kushner, advisor and son-in-law to President Donald Trump, who, who's also high-level Shabbat Lubavitch, you know, owned 666 Park Avenue. I mean, I've done whole studies on Jared Kushner. The, the dude's pure evil, okay? Creepy, creepy dude. I mean, man, I saw him. The video I saw him the other day, he's just standing there behind Netanyahu, and he's just got such a creepy, weird way about him. Unlike almost anybody I've ever seen. Anyway, um, he helped broker a deal between Israel and the United Arab Emirates on Monday. Kushner said the president laid out his vision for peace in January this year, meaning Trump. And this is the first map ever agreed to by one of the parties publicly put out in a peace negotiation. We got Israel to agree to negotiate on the basis of the process of division, meaning they're dividing the land, okay? They agreed to the map and agreed to move forward on the Palestinian state. This was a major breakthrough that changed the view of a lot of the region about Israel's seriousness to actually make concessions to resolve this long-standing conflict. We offer the Palestinians a return to the table, he added. Okay, now regarding the end times, where we're, what we're getting at with this report about, well, is, is he going to be the one that's going to actually bring in the peace deal with many nations, okay? for seven years, for a week. Where is that set? Daniel 9, 27. And he, meaning the Antichrist, shall confirm the covenant with many for a week, meaning seven years. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. Now, where, what is that? That's the abominations of desolation that, that Jesus Christ talks about in Matthew 24, where he says the Antichrist, and I'm paraphrasing, he's, the Antichrist is going to come into the Holy of Holies, the rebuilt temple in Israel, and they're all ready to rebuild it. Just key in Temple Institute, the Temple Institute. I was on their email list for years. I, I guess I just got tired of all the propaganda, but I mean, they're chomping, the, they're chomping at the bit to rebuild the temple, okay? Anyway, um, that's going to be no problem. 
to rebuild the temple. All they've got to have is, is the land to do it and the go-ahead and, and, you know, the agreement of probably Islam. And that's, that's going to be, I think, a lot of melding of the religions together in order to make that all happen. But the Antichrist is going to confirm this covenant for seven years. And in the midst of those seven years, it says he shall, and which is the 3.5 year mark, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, meaning the sacrifice that's going on in the temple. Now, we know that's an abomination because Jesus Christ, when he said it is finished on the cross, that means all the sacrifice that ever needed to happen already happened. That was it. He's done. Okay. And um, we don't need to have animal sacrifice anymore. That's over. Okay. So we know that when it says he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, we know that's wicked. The rebuilt temple, the whole concept of that is so that the sacrifice can continue. Because the Jews originally rejected Jesus, so they feel like they got to go back to the sacrificial system. Now again, that's going to that's going to change according to the book of Zechariah, but it's not going to probably happen until near the end of the tribulation. I talked about that earlier. Anyway, and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. And that's the abomination of desolation that Jesus Christ talks about in Matthew 24. Okay, that occurs at the 3.5 year mark. Even until the consummation that determine and that determined shall be poured out upon the desolate. Okay, so when people say we're in the tribulation, I'm like, whoa, whoa. Number one, the Antichrist has not confirmed the covenant with many, meaning most likely many nations, for seven years. That has not happened yet. Now, I'm not saying what we're talking about today is that, okay, because I, I think it's it's moving in that direction, though, heavily, okay? I think it's moving in that direction, obviously, but no, I do not believe this is the start of the tribulation. I think it's going to be more grandiose, and most likely... That covenant's not going to be confirmed until after much, much, much turmoil. Meaning like a World War III type of scenario where people are at maximum desperation on the heels of a World War III scenario. And they're just going to be looking for an antichrist of false prophet to make it all better and to make all the hurt go away. That's my opinion. I've been saying that for years. I could be wrong. You know, I'm just saying it's how I think it'll play out. Or some derivation of that. Kushner said the president laid out his vision for peace in January. Um, we got Israel to agree to negotiate on the basis of the process of division. They agreed to the map and agreed to move forward on a Palestinian state. So this is big news. Definitely big news. Um, and then he goes on to say, okay, now we're off to the races, as the old saying goes. Jared Kushner today said that Israel has finally agreed to give up land to create a Palestinian state. Kushner ever used wording that was very much like in line with joel 3 where god warns against the dividing of the holy land of israel kushner proudly stated that we got israel to agree to negotiate on the process of division meaning dividing the land they agreed to the map and agreed to move forward on a palestinian state this was about as major of a breakthrough this was a major breakthrough that changed the view of a lot of people in that region about Israel's seriousness to actually make concessions to resolve this long-standing conflict, uh, Kushner said. Let's listen to what the words of the prophet of Joel says. Now, this is Joel 3, verse 1 and 2. For behold, in those days and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, meaning he's going to bring them back into the land, which he's done. Israel's been recreated, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
I will also gather all nations and bring them down into the Valley of Jehoshaphat. What's that? That's the Battle of Armageddon. That essentially occurs right before, when that occurs, then Jesus comes back on a white horse with his saints to vanquish the foes, okay? And that's the Valley of Jehoshaphat. Okay, so we're, t we're talking about he will gather, meaning God will let this happen, gather the nations, bring them down into the Valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead that them plead with them there for my people in my heritage Israel. And that's why I'm saying, if you think God's done with Israel, you, <laughs> you got to screw loose, man. <laughs> because it's all over the, the Old and the New Testament. Okay? Um, whom they have scattered among the nations, which had happened. Obviously, Israel had been scattered and then they were brought back. And parted my land. So he doesn't like it when you part the land of Israel, it sounds like. Oh. So what Jared Kushner's doing is not of God. No, it's not. No, God's permitting it to happen. And it sounds like he's brokering this peace deal. And maybe he is the Antichrist. Or maybe he's some forerunner like a John the Baptist to the Antichrist. I don't know. But very interesting stuff here. It has been a crazy year, a crazy month, but the last four days have been absolutely dizzying. Story after story of unprecedented peace treaties in the Middle East involving Israel and the Muslims can only be leading you in one direction. Straight to Daniel 9 and Isaiah 28. And you'd have to read those to get a better contents. As we have shown you from recent articles on Crown Prince Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed, and he gives you a link to those reports, prophecy is coming to light nearly faster than we can count it. That's very interesting. Let's go further. We are in prophetic times. Israel declares peace and safety with emerging leader Jared Kushner. I, you know, again, I don't, I don't know if we're in that exact Bible verse where it talks about peace and safety and then sudden destruction. I don't know. Um, but let's go ahead and listen to this. It's interesting stuff here. When major things are happening regarding Israel, and we start to see prophetic puzzle pieces seemingly come together, well, at that point, we have a duty to look into it and to share. And so that's what we've done in the past. That's what we did with the Hosea prophecy videos. We looked at how many Bible prophecies were clearly fulfilled with the circumstances surrounding Israel and the Jewish people. The Jewish people being scattered among the nations after the death of Jesus was not a coincidence. It was prophesied. We saw that in the video in, in scripture. Israel uh, becoming a nation again in 1948 was also not a coincidence. Right. And he's showing all the stuff on screen, you know, state of Israel born, 1940. He's showing the Bible verses he's in referencing too as well. If you want to watch the video, it's pretty interesting. God foreshadowed it by allowing the birth of Abraham to be exactly 1948 years after Adam. Huh. That's interesting. Israel being able to amazingly defeat their enemies on multiple fronts within just six days and then declaring victory on the seventh day was no coincidence either. Because throughout scripture there are so many references to God delivering Israel and allowing them to see victory on the seventh day. And so when things happen with Israel that align with the apocalyptic text, we have a duty to talk about it. And so for this reason, we must discuss the Abrahamic Accord. 
And so what we see happening with Israel now is huge. You know, this Abrahamic peace deal. I mean, you got to watch this video. The, uh, this is this clip I told you about. President Trump announces Israel and UAE, United Arab Emirates, peace deal. Praises son-in-law Jared Kushner for Middle East work as both nations normalize relations. That seems to be Jared Kushner's biggest task, is this peace deal. Okay, again, I don't think this deal exactly is confirming the covenant with many for a week. I, I don't, because it's not many. It's United Arab Emirates and it's it's Israel. I, I think it's got to be much broader in scope, but we're definitely moving in that direction. You gotta, he looks like some kind of robotoid in the background. He just has the most blank, lifeless, weird countenance on his face. It's just so creepy. With Israel, and I'm talking about Jared Kushner. That was established a few weeks ago is without a doubt paving the way for major biblical prophecies to be fulfilled. And, you know, while with the coverage of this, you really only see uh, President Trump and his face, and you see him signing the papers and getting the press, really. One thing we really need to explore is the man behind the scenes who really is the one responsible for making these deals happen. The man who has been in charge of all of this, Jared Kushner. And so, as many of you know, President Trump appointed his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, to manage Middle East relationships. And under Kushner's leadership in 2018, exactly 70 years since Israel became a nation in 1948, the U.S. recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and even established an embassy there. Yep. And that was really groundbreaking. And uh, in retrospective, when you consider the Middle East um, progress uh, taking place today, it becomes evident that one leading reason for Kushner advancing the Jerusalem embassy move was to initiate peace in the Middle East. In fact, from the very start of the Trump administration, as soon as Jared Kushner joined the team, the plan to establish a peace in the Middle East progressed like never before. In fact, Kushner himself revealed uh, that uh, one of the first international travels of President Trump was to the Middle East with intentions of forming relationships there. That President Trump's been able to rebuild those relationships. His first trip as president was to Saudi Arabia in May of 2017, where he laid out the problems that were facing the region. And so the Jerusalem embassy move was really an early step in bringing about this regional peace operation that has been in plan for years. And so the Jerusalem embassy declaration was a great, great thing, right? Big, big thing. But Kushner was not done yet, no. You see, after the uh, Jerusalem embassy move, he was then somehow able to lead a uh, U.S. initiative to invest $50 billion into the economy of the Middle East regions. He met with Israeli and Arabic leaders to discuss how this investment would allow for their region to thrive like never before. And he detailed how he would help them uh, to develop an advanced digital society. 
he mentioned how he could help them expand trade, education, how healthcare systems would be revamped. And Kushner skillfully developed an extensive plan to train their leaders on how to achieve all of this. <laughs> and so they were sold. And fast forward to a few weeks ago, under Kushner's leadership, the U.S. was able to broker one of the most pivotal deals of peace with the Israeli nation since its inception. So how did that happen? Well, uh, Kushner was actually pretty straightforward about how that was able to happen. We laid out a 180-page, uh, very detailed plan that we got Israel to agree to negotiate on the basis of that invests $50 billion into their economy that allows them to double their GDP uh, over 10 years, that can create a million new jobs, help their people have a much better standard of life. We also got Israel to agree to have them have self-determination, have a secure environment, and then in addition to that... Kushner shows uh, that one reason for right. the entire $50 billion investment uh, into the region was to ensure that eventually the UAE and other Middle Eastern uh, regions would come together with Israel in peace. And so the point again is that the embassy being established in Jerusalem, the 50 billion dollars being invested in the region, all of these things was to ensure that peace, this this peace deal, the Abrahamic accord would be a success. That was the strategy from all of this activity from the start. And so now, now that uh, the Abrahamic accord has been established, their real goal is now possible. And this opens the door for what I can only call unbridled uh, trade, tourism, investments, exchanges between the Middle East. This is Netanyahu talking. Two most advanced economies. And you will see how the sparks fly on this. It's uh, already happening. So as you can see here, the uh, Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, shares how now prosperity with Israel can flourish, trade can expand, and Israel can be positioned to thrive like never before. And Jared Kushner also agrees that this accord is only the beginning of advancement for Israel. I will just say today that this is a big breakthrough. This is something that's that's public. Uh, we have a lot of things that are happening privately right now that are quite excited. And I do believe, again, that over the next years, if the president is able to keep going forward, uh, you're going to see some historic changes in the region that will make uh, really make the world a much safer and better place. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate it. And so it's clear. We will be hearing a lot more regarding Israel very soon. And so again, if Bible prophecy shows that Israel will be at the center stage one day and that people will be saying peace and safety as they are now, well, we see why this is all a big deal because we are now seeing the developments taking place to lead right into that reality. And so even though Trump is the president, let us remember who is the true mastermind behind this entire Middle East peace process? Kushner. In fact, he says that he has been working on this entire thing for quite some time. 
What you saw yesterday was the first peace deal in the Middle East in the last 26 years. I've been working on this very closely with President Trump over the last uh, three and a half years. It took a lot to get to this point, but this is a dramatic breakthrough that will make the Middle East safer. There have been many well, that's Kushner, just so you know. efforts to bring about this sort of peace and agreement with the Israeli region, but somehow Kushner pulled it off. <clears throat> and some would agree that only Kushner could have pulled it off. In fact, that's what Trump said. If you can't produce peace in the Middle East, nobody can. Now, evidently, he was talking to Jared Kushner when he said that. And some have suggested that one reason Kushner was able to achieve such success with Middle East peace and great relations with the Israeli prime minister is because he already knew. I mean, when Netanyahu is even around Kushner, he's like a gushing schoolgirl. You could just see like the love this guy has in his eyes for Kushner. I mean, it's just like it's it's like really over the top. The prime minister. You see, ironically, it was reported that the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, was a dear friend of the Kushner family for years. Oh, yeah. Oh, this just shows a picture of him playing soccer. Netanyahu playing soccer. He's in a suit, but they're inside at Joseph Kushner Hebrew Academy. I'm sure was his dad on it. In Livingston, New Jersey. Uh, in 1999, the school is named in honor of Jared Kushner's grandfather. I mean, I heard a report where where Netanyahu had said, yeah, we went to visit him when we were younger, and I slept in Jared's bed. You know, I mean, that's... He's sleeping in Jared Kushner's bed when he's like a little kid. I mean, it's just weird. I mean, I'm, I'm sure Jared wasn't in there, hopefully. But I mean, you know, they spent the night or whatever. And I'm like, wow, okay. You don't hear that every day. Yeah. In fact, there are many articles, and you can find them, plenty of them, detailing how Netanyahu would visit the Kushner house, and he knew Jared Kushner very yeah, well. Yeah, sleep better it is. <laughs> Who was, uh, but unlike other students on the trip, he knew the prime minister, meaning Kushner, who was friendly with his father, real estate developer, and donor to Israeli causes. Mr. Netanyahu had even stayed in Kushner's home in New Jersey, sleeping in Jared's bedroom. I was right, okay. The, the teenager moved to the basement that night. <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, they go way back. His parents and Netanyahu were, were great pals. And actually, the Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu said this himself. I've known President Trump for many years, his team, some of whom I've known for many years, too. Can I reveal, Jared, how long we've known you? Can I reveal, Jared, how long we've known you? <laughs> I mean, he just gushes. Netanyahu totally gushes whenever, like, Jared is in his presence or he's addressing him. Or I mean, it's just, you can't, he can't hide it. Well, he, he was never small. He was always big. <laughs> he was always tall. But I... Yeah, he lets you know. Notice how he says, you know, he knew him for a long time. And he wants to check in with him just to make sure it's okay if he can reveal how long they've had this relationship. And so, amazingly... Before Jared Kushner was even in the White House as a peace negotiator, before he even married Trump's daughter, before he even really knew Trump, he knew the Israeli Prime Minister. Yep. See, when you look at all of this, 
one could almost say his role to now be involved in peace negotiations with the Middle East was not just a coincidence, but was somehow destiny for him. Yep. So, <laughs> we have that. More puzzle pieces. Then we have this. Listener email me this, and this ties right in to all this. Breaking. Prominent rabbi breaks silence. Messiah, which is what they mean by the Antichrist, is coming this year. On or after Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah, which is September 19th. I'm looking at my calendar right now. So by the when I get this teaching up, um, essentially, you know, I don't know, about two weeks around there. Now here's a picture of this Rabbi Sharum Arush. Okay, this article says there have been. 5,780 holidays of Rosh Hashanah since the creation of the world, according to them. But if a prominent rabbi's prediction proves true, Rosh, Rosh Hashanah number 5781, meaning the one in, on the 19th, will be quite special. Rabbi Sh Shalom Arush, an Israeli Breslov rabbi, and the founder of Chut Seal Chesed Institutions made an entirely uncharacteristic announcement where he said on September 18th, the Jews will be celebrating the last new year without the Messiah. Now, the reason he says September 18th is that's the eve of Rosh Hashanah. Okay. So on September 18th, the Jews will be celebrating the last year without their Messiah. And by that, they mean the Antichrist. Then he goes on to say, I'm going to tell you with certainty that Hashim, now Hashim is a title used in Judaism to refer to God. Now, their God, unfortunately, is Satan. Okay, it's not the God of the Bible. Okay. Now, again, I'm not saying God's done with the Jews. See what Zechariah says, you know, but. The Bible says the blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to tell you with certainty that Hashim, or who they refer to as God, will help us meet together after Rosh Hashanah, the Rabbi Arush said in an interview last week. And remember well what I am telling you, that Rosh Hashanah will be the last one without the Moshiach, or the Messiah. Now that's the Antichrist. They would never admit it's the Antichrist, but that's what they mean. And it could very well be on this Rosh Hashanah that the Messiah will be revealed. So he's going so far as to say that the Antichrist may be revealed on the 19th of this month, which is less than, when you hear this, will be less than two weeks. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm not a date setter. He said it. Now, he didn't say it was necessarily going to happen on that date. He said, but it could. So I don't know. Now, what I'm trying to do right now with the studies I'm putting out are giving you major heads up on things from a prophetic, biblical perspective and other things like COVID-19 and things. Information that you would want to have to arm yourself moving into the days and times ahead. Like I said, I'm not going to be reporting on every wicked evil act going on in the world. I'm going to, I'm going to post a lot of those reports in the newsletter. 
But I'm going to try to give you meat and potatoes stuff in the studies from now on. And I feel like this is important to tell you. Okay? I don't think this is something superfluous here. This is major. And now I'm not saying this is going to happen. But combining this with the Jared Kushner stuff we just looked at, combining this with this Abrahamic Accord, this peace accord, which could then lead into confirming the covenant for a week. And then what this rabbi's saying, well, I mean, I don't know, man. We we could be right on the cusp of things. Um, now, then it reminded me of these verses. 2 Thessalonians 2.1. I've said these a lot lately, but it's also pertinent for now. Now we beseech you, brethren, by our coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering unto him, meaning the rapture of the church, okay, whether you're pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, whatever, okay, that you be soon not shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor from, nor by letter as from us, as that day of Christ is at hand. Next verse. Let no man deceive you by any mean, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first that word is derived from the word apostia it's the apostasy of the church we're seeing that in full swing and though it has to and that man of sin be revealed so the rapture of the church is saying whether you're pre post mid-trib whatever that you're going to have to see apostasy of the church we're seeing that for a while but you're also going to have to see that wicked or the man of sin be revealed now, most pre-tribbers are not taught that, that the man of sin has to be revealed. And I'm here to tell you that if, if, you, if you believe that, and I'm not going to get into a, a biblical debate about that or demonize anybody on their position on that. I'm just saying that you should be aware that there's going to come a falling away and the man of sin be revealed. So you would see the man of sin be revealed. And I don't think it's going to be just some light revealing. When he's revealed, anybody that's going to, anybody that has any kind of spiritual um depth at all from a christian standpoint i think is gonna know it says he's gonna be revealed I, it's not gonna be something like oh is this it is this really nebulous type of weird thing is that the guy no i think you're gonna know because it says he's gonna be revealed the son of perdition this is the antichrist then skipping to verse seven for the mystery of iniquity doth already work only he who now letteth will let and this is like, I believe, some type of restraining force uh, until he be taken out of the way. So this restraining force, I believe, of God, when he's taken out of the way, and then that wicked, capital W, the Antichrist, shall be revealed. So if you think, let, let's say it's, it's really bad now, okay? It's really, really bad in the world. But can you imagine when he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way and then that allows the antichrist to appear can you imagine what's going to happen then talk about unrestrained evil now i'm not saying we're still not going to have the same tools that we just talked about like binding and loosing spiritual warfare praying fasting we're still gonna have the same tools but i think we're going to see a whole other level of wickedness i mean let's face it and then that wicked, capital W, meaning the Antichrist, shall be revealed. Whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. That's later. So I wanted to, I, I wanted to give you the timing of Antichrist. That's the timing of Antichrist. Okay? Or at least one of the scriptures that refers to the timing of Antichrist. 
Now, going back to this report, it says, and the rabbi emphasized that he has never made such a statement before. Anyone who knows me that for the past 40 years I am teaching and I have never spoken about the Messiah. Again, this means Antichrist. Rabbi Arush said, but these things that are clear and everyone sees them, I can't explain. I can't explain. So in other words, he's got some kind of inside knowledge, probably from Satan. But please don't miss out on this because this year you will receive gifts like never before. What does that mean? Gifts. <laughs> I guess they're waiting for the big payday or something. I don't know. All right. I could keep going, but I'm going to go ahead and stop here and go to part four because the next part, I've got so much to play. It's probably going to take up the whole stuff. And then I'm already going to be at part four. And I've got way, way more to cover after that. So I'll probably have to pick it up tomorrow. So God bless you and we will see you in part four.